Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about my week number three wide receiver start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We're going to be going over every single game from Thursday night football all the way up until the Monday night football doubleheader and tell you guys whether I like or dislike the wide receivers in all of those matchups. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below and while you're down there whether you are new to the channel or not please make sure they do leave a like on today's video it would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on twitter or x please do so at notorious fntsy and if you want access to my weekly rankings as well as an answer to any of your questions you can check out the patreon link in the video description or the pinned comment for seven dollars and fifty cents a month so without further ado let's get into my week number three wide receiver start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season we begin with Thursday Night Football, the New York Football Giants at the San Francisco 49ers. So through the first one and a half games of the season, the Giants both offensively and defensively were a complete and utter unmitigated disaster, a dumpster fire of sorts, right? The offense couldn't get it up. They were in need of Viagra against the Cowboys. They couldn't do anything. They had no answer. And then against the Cardinals, it was like the same shit, different day. But in the second half, Brian Dayball must have gave him at halftime a Tim Tebow level hype up speech because the offense and defense completely did a one. 80 and that was awesome to see right Danny Dimes Vanilla Vic Daniel Jones has a great game the offense looks a lot better obviously Saquon Barkley gets injured they're saying there's a chance he comes back for Thursday Night Football that's not going to happen but he could be back in the next couple of weeks which is great for the Giants but now they are on a short week up against the 49ers and I get it the 49ers defense didn't look great against the Rams but that was a division rivalry matchup a lot of the times we see these teams that are not as good as another team in their division and the worst team wins the Jets lose Zach Wilson they beat the fucking Buffalo Bills in week number one right no Aaron Rodgers and they win it's a division rivalry game this is no division game. This is the 49ers versus the Giants. And I think the 49ers defense is going to look a lot more stout in this game. And I think the Giants offense is going to struggle to move the ball. Slayton, Hodgins, Shepard, these guys do have upside going forward. But this week up against the 49ers defense, they are absolutely no bueno. For the 49ers, Debo Samuel has been solid through two games. Looked pretty good in week number one. Looked good in week number two as well. The Giants defense is as soft as baby shit. So I think Debo Samuel should have a big game. For Brandon Ayuk, he is dealing with a shoulder injury that he suffered in that matchup last week against the Rams. He had an amazing week one, a down week number two. But again, you drafted both Debo as well as Brandon Ayuk relatively high in your fantasy football drafts. So you're certainly going to start him up against the Giants defense. Also, I think both of these guys could have had better games and the 49ers as a whole had Brock Purdy made a couple of throws that he definitely wants back, right? There were a couple of balls where Purdy threw it and he looked like fucking Trey Lance out there, right? He's throwing it into no man's land when there is a guy open that could clearly catch the ball. 
So I'm a big cock Brock enthusiast. I love Brock Purdy, so I don't really want to shit on him. I think there are better times ahead for him, so I'm not really panicking when it comes to this 49ers offense. I'm not panicking about the Giants offense either, but without Saquon Barkley, short week against the 49ers, you'd be a little crazy to start these wide receivers. Next up, we move to the Indianapolis Colts at the Baltimore Ravens, beginning the Sunday slate. So Michael Pittman Jr. this week up against the Ravens is a guy that I'm rolling out there. Now, there is certainly some inherent risk when it comes to Michael Pittman this week because we have no idea if Anthony Richardson is going to be good to go or not. Now, the reason why I liked Michael Pittman Jr. so much in the fantasy football offseason was because of the target upside that he has in this offense. This was a guy that got force-fed the ball his first two years of his NFL career. The problem was the quarterback situation wasn't great, right? He had Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, and Carson Wentz as his quarterbacks. The targets were there, the receptions, the receiving yards, the touchdowns weren't necessarily there. But as long as there was a somewhat competent NFL quarterback under center, then Michael Pittman was going to flourish. Now again, Anthony Richardson looked really good through the first two games, and I guess the first full game, didn't even play the first full game, he's been hurting both of the fucking games, right? But he has connected, and he seems to have a strong connection with Michael Pittman. So if Anthony Richardson plays, I like Pittman a lot more, but if Gardner Minshew's under center, I'm not full-on panicking on Pittman. I just think his chance to be like the wide receiver 12 is significantly lower with Gardner Minshew under center, but there's also a lot worse backup quarterbacks that you can have start, and we're going to talk about a bad backup quarterback who might be starting a little bit later on in the video. Zay Flowers was flashing in week one. He looked fantastic. A down week number two for him, but I still do believe he's the number one receiver on the team. I know Nelson Aguilar played pretty good in week number two, but if we know anything about Nelson Aguilar, it's that guy absolutely reeks to high heaven, so there's no need to panic on Zay Flowers. Odell Beckham Jr. is dealing with an ankle injury. If he does miss, we will be seeing more of Nelson Aguilar, but again, I don't really believe in Nelson Aguilar. Rashad Master Bateman has struggled mightily so far this season, and again, I really do feel like Zay Flowers is the number one guy. The Colts defense, a little sneaky good, but I'm definitely starting Zay Flowers. For the other Colts wide receivers, Alec Pierce, as well as Josh Downs, I do think those guys have talent, right? I don't think they're devoid of talent, but the thing is, when Zach Moss looks so successful running the ball, when Anthony Richardson looks so successful running the ball, and when Michael Pittman is just a target hog, you're not going to see a lot of of usage out of Josh Downs or Alec Pierce. Next game here, the Titans, the Tennessee Titans at the Cleveland Browns. Sadly, this would have been a Titan matchup at the running back position. No pun intended. D-Rock Henry Tractor Cito versus my main man, 9-inch Nicholas Chubb. Still very sad to see what happened to Nick Chubb. I hope he is able to recover and play next season. But what happened to him is no joke. Again, I'm as much of a doctor as the guys you can watch on the hub. So, you know, much of a doctor as Johnny Sins. I'm not a fucking doctor, but doesn't look the best so titans browns the browns man oh man i was a big deshaun watson guy in the offseason for fantasy football right i felt like last year was an anomaly right we've seen this guy play in his nfl career and ever since he stepped foot in the nfl out of clemson he was fucking incredible he was incredible but then last season coming off the suspension he was awful I thought, though, there is no way that guy that we saw in Houston being downright incredible fell to the ground 
deep down to the depths of the earth like he did last season. I thought there was no way he wasn't going to bounce back. Week one, it looks promising. Last week, not the best. He threw one interception. That wasn't really his fault. But again, not a great game out of Watson. And the loss of Nick Chubb, while it's not like Nick Chubb's the number one target on the team, does definitely hurt the Cleveland Browns. There's talks about Kareem Hunt potentially coming there, which would somewhat slow down the Jerome Ford bandwagon, but I still think Jerome Ford is a good pickup. At the end of the day, though, I'm still going to play Amari Cooper. He wasn't expected to play in Week 2 up against the Steelers. He hasn't been amazing this season. He does ultimately play in Week 2. But again, I'm not quitting on a guy at the wide receiver position that I think is as good as Amari Cooper. I'm not sure about Deshaun Watson, but there are brighter days ahead for Amari Cooper. DeAndre Hopkins continues to look really good on the field. He just hasn't been smashing on the score sheet. The Browns defense does look legit, so I'm not banging the drum for DeAndre Hopkins this week, but I also wouldn't tout him as a sit. The other guys in this game, Elijah Moore for the Browns. He's been spotty, uh, mostly because of Deshaun Watson, right? If Watson comes correct, Watson starts playing better, then we might be on a moonshot with Elijah Moore being incredibly talented. He does look really good. It's just Watson hasn't been the best. DPJ, they didn't call pass interference or holding, whatever the fans wanted on that call at the end of the game. I thought it was a little bit bullshit that they didn't throw the flag. But again, with Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore there, DPJ is kind of... Just an afterthought. Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook, Ekaine. Nick Westbrook did score last week in that matchup up against the Superchargers, but him and Burks are just second fiddle to the rest of this offense in Tennessee. Next up, we got the Atlanta Falcons at the Detroit Lions, and this Falcons team might be a absolute fucking wagon. Now, I know we get on Arthur Smith a ton on this channel because. For the running backs, it's great. Like Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier, especially Bijan, right? It is just smooth sailing for him, right? It is beautiful how Arthur Smith constructs this run game. Bijan Robinson looks like the second coming of fucking Barry Sanders out there. But there are some downsides with Arthur Smith's game style, right? His coaching style. And that is that, for one, his quarterback Desmond Ritter is terrible. Now, can you win with Desmond Ritter using this play style? Like, they could literally win a playoff game or two, right? Now, I'm not saying they're going to, but they could because of how strong the rushing attack is. But Desmond Ritter is not the answer long-term. And then Arthur Smith is a little bit of a stooge with the passing game. Now, it's great again for Bijan, but it sucks for guys like Drizzy, Drake, London, and Kyle Pitts. Now, in week number one, Drake, London pulled a Houdini. He was irrelevant. He was invisible. He scored zero fantasy football points. But last week, he bounces back, and he's start-worthy because of that. There was a clear boost in production from week one to week number two and this matchup of falcons versus the lions you smell that through the screen it kind of reeks of a higher scoring game so i'm going to play drake london while fully understanding that it is a gamble there's a chance that we play on red you know the falcons they're red they're also black i guess so we throw a hundred dollars on red and then we end up with zero green on the roulette wheel and you're fucked right but Drake London is a legitimately talented player. I really do think he is a really top 24-ish wide receiver in the NFL. So 
while he is risky and while I won't have him ranked super high, the upside is there clearly again in what might be a higher scoring game. Amon Ross St. Brown, you start him every single week. I don't need to unzip his pants, give him the gawk gawk 9,000 special here, cup his balls, right? We all know how great Amon Ross St. Brown is. Game in and game out. I do think the Falcons defense a little bit underrated, but as a whole, you're never sitting Amon Ross St. Brown. Matt Collins did score a touchdown and posted probably the hardest Instagram caption or Twitter caption I've ever seen. He was basically saying that the only way you turn into a savage or you know you're a savage is when you're in the face of a savage and you turn to the savage because there's a guy in the Packers on defense named Savage. Matt Collins sunned his bitch ass caught the ball on him. It was an awesome caption again. Nick, that's not exactly what it says. You sound like an idiot. I get it. I'm not as cool as Mac Hollins, but it was cool to see. If anyone saw that, they would know what I was talking about. But again, Mac Hollins, while he does eat all of his food without a fork and a knife, like a fucking caveman from the Geico commercial, I'm not starting Mac Hollins. Kaderil Hodge, He's so irrelevant that he's not even in, like, my top 150 wide receiver rankings of the week. If you want my rankings, make sure to check out the Patreon link in the video description for $7.50 a month. They'll be up either tonight or tomorrow morning. Josh Reynolds, as well as Marvin's room, Marvin Jones, are going to be sits. Josh Reynolds is a guy that is on the cusp of being start-worthy. I do worry a little bit about this matchup against the Falcons. I don't really think it is like this wet dream matchup, but I do forecast a potential high-scoring game. So Reynolds, again, while he doesn't make the cut of the top 36 wide receivers that I talk about as starts, he is very close to that. And again, maybe he finds pay dirt multiple times like he did in week number two. Marvin Jones, I don't even know if you want to consider him to be the wide receiver three. The guy's halfway in a fucking retirement home. Khalif Raymond is better than him at this point. So again, start Drizzy Drake London with just an ounce of confidence and smash start Amon Ross St. Brown. Sit the rest. Next up, we got the new Orleans Saints at the Green Bay Packers, the Cheeseheads in Lambeau Field. Now, Chris Olave, 10 plus targets and back to back Jordan 96, 97 weeks. The problem with Olave is that Derek Carr hasn't looked great. Just hasn't, especially in the red zone right now. Chris Olave got thrown the ball, and he got hit with the good old Eiffel Tower. Two guys jumped up and fucking smashed him midair. He had the ball, and he drops it, obviously. How the hell are you going to catch it when there's two big men sandwiching you? Hard to do. I've never experienced that, but uh, definitely a tough situation. So Chris Olave, again, he's getting 10-plus targets. If Derek Carr could lock in in the red zone... Olave would be like a top eight option every single week. The matchup against the Packers, I think, is going to be a little bit tougher. But again, you drafted Olave so highly. He's confirmed from the the first two weeks that he is going to be seeing a bunch of targets. So there's really no reason to sit him. Michael Thomas is like a fringe start. He's had two all right games in a row. He's getting the targets and the receptions. Michael Thomas does look like not a shell of himself. He looks like the Michael Thomas of a couple of years but has just lost a step. Now, it's not like Marvin Jones where the guy's one foot in the retirement home, one foot out, right? Where Marvin Jones just looks like he has no idea what's happening sometimes. But Michael Thomas also doesn't necessarily look exactly like that old version of himself. Again, Carr is kind of weighing him down because if he was getting like, at least like he was wide open in the end zone, I bet Michael Thomas First touchdown against the Saints. It took all the way until the third quarter of that terrible game. 
against the Panthers to where Tony fucking Jones Jr. scored the first touchdown. But he was like, oh, Michael Thomas is open and the ball doesn't even go to him or it's like sailed wide right like a kick from a Bears kicker or from uh, was a wide left from the Vikings kicker. You know what I mean? Just a fucking disaster. Just a disaster. And it kind of sucks for Michael Thomas and Chris Olave, but they're both starts way more confident in Olave, though. There are some players that I will list as sits in today's video. That's like, if you wanted to argue some of those guys over Michael Thomas, I wouldn't really have a crazy argument with you. Christian Watson, I'm just going to assume he's going to be back this week, but he's still dealing with a hamstring string injury. So it's not even 100% chance that he's going to play. But if he does suit up, I feel like the team's really kind of being cautious with him, right? They don't want to start him unless he's at full mast, full chub. Shout out to Nick Chubb again, but... If he plays, I'm playing him. I was a huge Christian Watson guy in the offseason. He proved me correct in preseason, looked good in training camp. I'm excited about Christian Watson. But again, if he doesn't play, then I would probably go with Jaden Reed over Romeo Dobbs. I Romeo Dobbs looked better week one, Reed better week two. Reed scored some touchdowns. Feels like if Watson misses, you should play Reed. But again, it is close between him and Romeo Dobbs. I did like Jaden Reed a ton coming out of college, though, with the draft pick, and I kind of talked about how I thought he would overcome or overtake, surpass Romeo Dobbs, and it feels like maybe that will end up being the case. And Jordan Love looks legit. I do worry, though, this that this may be a little bit of a lower-scoring game because the Saints and the Packers both appear to have pretty good defenses. I'm Shahid Rashid Shahid is a sit. He's one of those guys that would it be surprising at the end of the week if this fucker had two catches for 120 yards and a touchdown? No, but would it also surprise you if he had two catches and three yards and does nothing? No, so you can't really start him. Before we get into the next game, though, I would like to ask if you have enjoyed today's video that you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. It helps me out a ton. Next up, we move to the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Nico Collins was a guy that I was all over pause this offseason, right? I was talking up Nico Collins as the number one undisputed wide receiver one in the Houston Texans offense. And I was a little cautious week one, a little cautious week two. Hey, you know, CJ Stroud this, CJ Stroud that, rookie quarterback. I don't know if you want to start Nico Collins. But now it's very evident, right? If you benched him the last two weeks, you don't want to bench him this week, right? Back to back, Kobe and Shaq championships, top 24 performances, wide receiver five in PPR last week. I know the Jaguars defense isn't terrible. It's not amazing. I would describe it as mid. Right, It's not the Saxonville Jaguars with Ramsey and all those guys, but it's not like the Raiders or something, right? It's not like one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Nico Collins should be able to get it wet, shaggy get it wet here in this game up against the Jaguars. For the Jags, Calvin Ridley is a must-start every single week. He went balls deep into the Colts' defense in week number one, down week in week number two. But outside of Christian Kirk, the Jaguars' offense wasn't that great for fantasy. But even in his down game, he still had eight targets. So it's very evident that T-Law, touchdown Jesus himself, loves him. Some Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. We saw far more Kirk in week two compared to week one. Seems like Kirk is going to be a frustrating guy to start weekly. This matchup is too good, though, to sit him. And the reason why I say it's a little frustrating is because Zay Jones was on fire NBA Jam style week one, down week two. So I'm not cutting Zay Jones 
But I feel like, just like with Christian Kirk, right, it's going to be up and down, right? I'll tell you to start Christian Kirk this week, and then it's going to be Zay Jones, right? You never really know. Calvin Ridley is the constant. He's locked in as the numero uno, the head honcho, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, right? But... That doesn't mean that Christian Kirk and Zay Jones are relevant. It's just kind of iffy, right? You recognize that there is a clear floor with these guys, right? They might only get five points this week, but they also have the upside to drop a deuce on the Texans defense. So again, does it mean I hate Zay Jones this week? No, but I'd rather start Christian Kirk. Hank Dell of the Houston Texans. Shout out to Dell. Great computer company. Great week two. But I need to see more before I crown him as a weekly start, right? Or even crown him as the second best receiver on the Texans behind Collins. Roberto Woods, Bobby Trees, solid two games in a row. Feels like a safer play than Tank Dell, right? Because he's been consistent, right? He just gets the targets, does well. But at the end of the day, you really want to start Robert Woods in the year 2023. The answer is... Fuck no, baby. Next up, we got a matchup between my favorite NFL team and the Denver Broncos in Miles High. The Broncos, or actually not Mile High, in Miami, 305 Miami, like the fucking Will Smith song, Denver Broncos at the Miami Dolphins. But before we break down this game at the wide receiver position, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play Pick'em in the NFL in the whole entire universe, and Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you. Whether you are new to Underdog Fantasy or not, you can take advantage of this. They have on Thursday Night Football, Giants at the 49ers. Daniel Jones higher than half of a total yard. As long as he gets half of a total yard, which is just one yard, right? Very simple. And then you can mix that with any other Pick'em selection here. So right now, all they got up for Thursday Night Football, I'm recording this on Monday night, so not everything is out yet. We can go with higher Brock Purdy than 229.5 passing yards. If those two hit, you will get three times your entry fee if you want to add some more pieces to this pick em. If you add three pieces, it's six times, four is 10 times, and five is 20 times your entry fee. If you are new to Underdog Fantasy and you are in one of these states that are on your screen right now, use promo code NOTORIOUS for a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, they'll give you an additional $100. If you do 50 additional 50 25 additional 25 minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is ten dollars if you have a gambling problem please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER back on into things here broncos at dolphins in miami tyreek hill must start every single week the patriots quote unquote oh the patriots oh nick i'm a patriots fan they shut down tyreek hill okay he still had five catches and a fucking touchdown right in your mouth pal uh tyreek Great week one, down week two. But again, you're starting him every single week. This guy has the upside to literally score 35 fantasy points. Jalen Waddell is in the concussion protocol. I assume he plays this week, though. But again, not a doctor. Concussions are not taken very lightly in the NFL. So as long as he's able to progress and then like practice in a limited fashion on Friday, I think he ends up playing on Sunday. The Broncos defense is no pushover. I know the left hands up. Who are we? The commanders kind of ran train on him last week. I don't necessarily 
think the Dolphins are going to drop a deuce on their chest, but I could certainly see it, and both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can form that Eiffel Tower all over the Broncos' defense. And Sean Payton had a lot to say about my guy Tua Tungavailoa last season when he was an analyst talking about how Tua was going to get benched for Teddy Bridgewater. I think Tua knows that. Now, he says he doesn't pay attention to all of the, the yapping, the blah, blah, blah from the media, but I think Tua's going to come out here and blow the fucking doors off the sorry-ass Denver Broncos. Jerry Judy, disappointing 2023 debut up against the Commanders last week. I think better days are ahead, but I also saw that the Dolphins' defense looked way better in Week 2 compared to Week 1. It seemed like Vic Fangio, defensive coordinator of the Dolphins, flipped the switch. They still don't have Jalen Ramsey. They were without Jalen Phillips last week, and they were still able to get a lot of pressure on Mac Jones with Andrew Van Ginkle. So I think Jerry Judy, this whole Broncos offense, they got a little lucky last week when it came to those like bombs from Russell Wilson. I think they're going to come back down to earth here. Jerry Judy, sit him down. Cortland Sutton with Judy back and Russell Wilson looking uh, like Mr. Limited, not Mr. Unlimited. Sutton is a sit. Marvin Mims actually percolated a little, had a great week number two after me kind of hyping him up a little bit for week one, but that's mainly due to a Hail Mary bullshit Fugazi touchdown. So Marvin Mims is on the bench. River Craycraft, Braxton Berrios, the other receivers for the Dolphins are sits. Obviously, if Waddle doesn't play, then maybe you want to boost up Berrios or Craycraft slightly. But again, you're really taking a risk if you're doing that because then Tyreek might just get three touchdowns, right? Or Raheem Mostert gets a bunch more pass catching opportunities. Or maybe they give the rock a little bit more to tight end Durham Smythe. Next up, we got the LA Chargers at the cold like Minnesota Vikings start. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Justin Jefferson, and I want a bad bitch, Jordan Addison Ray. Keenan Allen was the wide receiver one in week number two, back-to-back good performances. Clearly the wide receiver one in LA. There were so many people in the offseason telling me that we shouldn't be drafting Keenan Allen. I was as high as draft pussy on Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen. And yet, people are like, he's old, he keeps getting hurt. Well, not God would. We don't root for injuries. But while Herbert looking pretty good and not amazing, Keenan Allen has still flourished. So going to keep riding Keenan Allen. Pause. Going to start him this week confidently. I really do think this matchup also reeks of points. Chargers defense did look better in week two, but that might just be a testament to the fact that the Titans offense sucks some donkey hog. Vikings defense definitely not the best. So, could be a real high-scoring game. Mike Williams, Mike Dub, he was a guy that shit the bed in week one. But Captain Spock, myself, were telling you guys in the live streams and in all the videos last week, I was telling you guys that poor performance week one doesn't mean you jump ship off of these guys, right? That are as skilled as Mike Williams. Again, this matchup screams points. He bounced back last week. Why not continue to Keep starting Mike Williams. Justin Jefferson's a must-start wide receiver every single week, right? You don't even have to think twice about it. He could be going up against the 85 Bears, whatever. The best defense is in your your head. And start against the whole fucking all-pro team on defense. You're still firing up Justin Jefferson with confidence. Now he's yet to finish as the wide receiver one on the season. But he's been top eight both games. Now, again, that's not meant to, like, slander Justin Jefferson. It's just to say that... Um, maybe brighter days are ahead, right? Maybe that big game comes this week against the Chargers and fraudulent corner J.C. Jackson, Jordan Addison Ray. Now, I've been a little bit more cautious with him the first two games. 
He scores, luck boxes into a touchdown in week one. Week two, scores again. All this guy does is score. Like, all DJ Khaled does is win, 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 no matter what. So, both games with over 60 yards and a tug. Don't overthink things, right? Don't try to galaxy brain yourself out of like, ah, maybe he got lucky with those two touchdowns. Just keep firing him up with confidence. Again, this matchup reeks of a high-scoring game. Joshua Palmer, my note on Palmer is uh, that they need to stop using him and use Quentin Johnston more. They have a guy that is missing in their offense. They need a guy like Quentin Johnston. They drafted this motherfucker in the first round of the NFL draft, and he's not there. He's like John Cena. You can't see him. They're using Joshua Palmer more. Just put Quentin Johnston in. Now, is Quentin Johnston going to be fantasy start-worthy in year one? Maybe, maybe not. But he is a rookie on a team with Mike Williams who gets hurt lacing his cleats up. Knock on wood, we don't refer injuries, though. So, uh, please, start using Quentin Johnston. K.J. Osborne, to me, he's a talented receiver. He's going to have some flashes, right? He scored last week. But at the end of the day, Addison's the number two guy. You already have Jefferson sucking in targets like his name was Kirby, right? And then you have T.J. Hawkinson, who's been a target hog. And you also have... Jordan Addison, right? There's not a lot of volume to go around for KJ Osborne to be a fantasy start. Now, again, could he have a nice game every once in a while? Yeah. But is he a guy you want in your lineup every week? Fuck no, baby. Next up, we got the Patriots at the New York Jumbo Jets. Now, the Jets without Aaron Rodgers are hard to watch. Now, some people might say, Nick, uh, Aaron Rodgers played like four snaps and didn't complete a pass. So how do you know that the Jets offense would have been better under Aaron Rodgers? Well, the Jets offense would be better with me under center compared to Zach Wilson. I'm hoping that the Jets call Mr. Famous Jameis Winston from the Saints, get him over there, because at least then the Jets offense will be fun. Without Rodgers, Lazard is just sleeping with the fishes like Luca Brazzi. McCall Hardman hasn't done anything, so you're not starting him. The only start-worthy receiver on the Jets is Garrett Wilson. He scored last week against the Cowboys. There was a ball that should have been thrown to Wilson to where he would have had two touchdowns in that game. Wilson is like, it's almost sad to watch, honestly. Like a receiver as good as Garrett Wilson. It's like Drake London, but I think Garrett Wilson is better than Drake London. Where it's like, holy shit, this guy's always open. He's like Waffle House, right? Like the 24-7 McDonald's that they used to have. But for some reason, he just can't get the ball because Zach Wilson is so dog shit now. It was the... Cowboys defense, which on paper right now is the best defensive unit in the NFL, right? So I'll give Zach Wilson a bit of a pass, but we all know deep down against the Patriots, Zach Wilson's going to struggle as well. So you're praying to the football gods above that Garrett Wilson scores a touchdown. If he doesn't, you're going to be disappointed, but you also don't want to sit Garrett Wilson because he can do so much with so little. Kendrick Bourne, still the best receiver on the Patriots, but this matchup reeks. I know Sauce Gardner got absolutely exposed, but do you really want to start Mac Jones's receiver one against the Jets defense? No. No, no, no you don't. Uh, could Kendrick Bourne luck box into a decent game? Yeah, but Against this Jets defense, I know last week got out of hand against the Cowboys, but I don't think things are going to get out of hand where the Patriots are just laying the smackdown brother on the Jets. I think this will be a closer game, even if Zach Wilson sucks. Donkey hog. Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker. Juju Smith-Schuster, Mr. Corvette Corvette, the man with an alleged explosive knee ready to explode at any moment. I don't want anything to do with Juju. 
I get liking Devontae Parker because he was targeted a lot against the Dolphins in a revenge game, but against the Jets, you're definitely not starting him. So the only guy you're starting in this game of the New England Patriots at the Jumbo Jets in MetLife is Garrett Wilson. And even Garrett Wilson feels a little gross to start. Next up, we got the Buffalo Bills. Let's go, Buffalo. Da 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 da. da. They've got a kind of cool theme song. Buffalo Bills at the Washington. Left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders. Now, I was all over Stefan Diggs right I was so ecstatic for the matchup against the Raiders but it was like Josh Allen turned into fucking Oprah you get a touchdown you get a touchdown you all get a touchdown except for Stefan Diggs Stefan Diggs he was he wasn't invisible right because he was catching the ball he was doing things you saw him out there he was doing well but did he have a great fantasy game no but he did have a great game in week one so I'm okay not overreacting to one down game from Diggs Obviously, Josh Allen shit the bed in week number one in prime time. Everyone's watching, right? Rodgers coming back from the Packers to the Jets. Everyone's got the game on. Rodgers goes down, and it's like, okay, now it's time for Josh Allen to turn it up, and he's turning the ball over a million times. We all knew, anyone with half of a brain knew that they were going to bounce back up against the Raiders. The question is, when will Josh Allen do that again? But at the end of the day, you got to start Stefan Diggs every single week. This is not like a shit on Stefan Diggs because Diggs was even good when Josh Allen was playing terrible. So against the commander's defense, pretty good defense, but I'm going Diggs. Terry McLaurin is a start. He bounced back at week number two. In week one, I kind of talked down on Terry McLaurin because he was coming off of an injury. It almost felt like, are they really going to use him correctly? And they didn't really. In week two, we saw more usage. And the commander's offense under Eric Bieniemy might be uh, sneaky, sneaky good. Now, I don't think Sam Howell is necessarily like this great quarterback, but he could end up being the guy for the next couple of years for the commanders. Gabe Davis for the Bills. He's a start in great matchups, right? I don't think the commanders reeks of a great matchup. Nick, we just saw with the commanders. Uh, they got bent over a table by the Broncos offense in the first half. Sure, like, if you want to start Gabe Davis, you can. I'm not saying Gabe Davis is, like, this bottom-of-the-barrel start, right? There's a lot worse options than him. But I feel like this is going to be more of a silent night like Christmas for Gabe Davis. Deontay Hardy, the wide receiver three on the Buffalo Bills, kind of. But the number three receiver on the Buffalo Bills is not really start-worthy because of how much passing volume goes to James Cook, as well as Dalton Kincaid, as well as Dawson. Knox one time, if you are with me. Jahan Dotson, I'm a Jahan Dotson guy. We saw him flash a lot towards the end of last season. Looked really good. Hasn't played great to start off the season. So, again, I'm not ready to drop Jahan Dotson like his hot, like a Snoop Dogg song. But I'm also not going to get down on my knees, clamor for Jahan Dotson this week. Curtis Samuel hasn't looked bad, but he just doesn't get enough targets to be start-worthy. Next up, we got the Carolina Panthers at the Seattle Seahawks. Now, the Panthers versus the Saints was an eyesore to watch on Monday Night Football. Luckily, we got a game that was just slightly less shit in the Steelers versus the Browns to watch as well on Monday night. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Today, Junior. Spoiler for the end of today's video, there are also two Monday Night Football games this week. So the Panthers actually looked kind of good. Bryce Young looks kind of good. Adam Thielen looked good. Seahawks defense doesn't look great. 
But I need more of a sample size out of Adam Thielen before I'm like, okay, this guy's the clear number one guy. Like, Chark was banged up, plays in the game, doesn't play too well. But, like, what if Chark takes over in week three? What if it's a different guy every single week and it's like, wow, I'm glad I drafted some of these guys in best ball like Mingo. But in redraft, you're fucking pulling your hair out. Your hair's turning gray, waiting or figuring out, trying to figure out every night. Like, you're staying up late, sweating, shaking in your bed. You wake up with night sweats like you pissed yourself or something because you don't know which receiver on Carolina to start. So again, Thielen is pointing in the right direction. One more big game here against Seattle, and boom, he's in your lineup every week. But right now, I'm being a little bit cautious, and I'm sitting him. Same thing goes with Mingo and Shark. For Seattle, DK Metcalf is dealing with a rib injury considered day-to-day. Day-to-day. Isn't believed to be serious. So if he plays, you're going to start him against the Panthers, obviously. Again, I talk about this a lot in the videos, but in the all, whole offseason, I was very down on Metcalf. I was like, I don't understand why people are drafting him so highly when they drafted JSN, when they have this loaded offense with Metcalf, Lockett, skirt, uh, it's Tyler Lockett in my pocket, skirt. They have Jackson Smith and the Jigboo they drafted in the first round. They have these tight ends that they like to use. Not Noah Fant most of the time, but they've got other tight ends and Noah Fant. They have Kenneth Walker who can catch passes, Zach Charbonnet who can catch passes. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. So... At the end of the season, I wasn't thinking that Metcalf was going to finish as a top 12 guy. And where he was being drafted, I didn't like it, right? I didn't think he was worthy of that pick. But we've seen this season, he can have the highest of highs. He can have the lowest of lows. So you're going to start him every single week. But you have to understand that Metcalf might be a complete disaster. He might bend your team over the table. But he might also do the same thing to your opponent. Tyler Lockett bounced back in a huge way last week up against the Lions, scoring the game-winning tug. Must start every single week. But just like Metcalf, kind of up and down. And I think that up and down might become even more evident once we start seeing some more Jackson Smith Najigba, who's a sit. I do think eventually he could be start worthy. Now, if one of these guys gets hurt, knock on wood on the team, then Jackson Smith Najigba might look like a legendary waiver wire pickup or some guy that you just stashed on your bench. He's been chilling on your bench and then bada bing, bada boom, step inside the room. He is this fantastic play. But right now, I am definitely not wanting to start JSN. Next up, we got the Dallas Cowboys at the Arizona Cardinals, and we'll keep this one incredibly short and sweet. Keep it short like Kyler Murray. CeeDee Lamb, you're starting him. Huge week two up against a strong Jets defense. 11 receptions, 143 yards. And he faces a cupcake, soft as baby shit matchup here up against the Cardinals. You are playing him with supreme confidence. Now, Brandon Cooks missed last week with a knee trending towards playing, according to Jerry Jones. You're in a deeper league. Sure, play Brandon Cooks, but he didn't really flourish in week one. It seems like Dak just wants to feed the rock to Lamb, as well as Jake Ferguson and Tony Pollard. Michael Gallup, even with Cooks out last week, doesn't do anything. Only two targets per game this season. Shouldn't even be on your team unless you're in a super deep league. Hollywood! Brown for the Cardinals played good in week number two, but the problem now is while even Joshua Dobbs, the quarterback, looked really fucking good, they're going up against arguably the best defensive unit in the NFL in the Cowboys. So even with Hollywood sparking it up a little bit last week, we're sitting him down. Rondell Moore has been virtually invisible the whole season. He's got his invisibility cloak on. Michael Wilson has had some hype as a rookie, but again, this matchup is rock hard. Next up, we move to the Chicago 
Chicago, Chicago Bears at the Kansas City Chiefs. Another game that we can keep relatively simple. For the Chiefs, Sky with two Ys more, a guy whose name sounds like he's a porn star, had a great week two up against the Jaguars. But the problem is, unless you are Travis Kelsey, it is hard to rely on any receiving option on the Chiefs. Now, could you play Sky Moore in a deeper league as a high upside shot? Like, hey, maybe Sky Moore gets a touchdown, 80, 90 yards, right? That is obviously possible when you have Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. But Mahomes is like Oprah. We made the joke earlier, right? You get the ball. You get the ball. You all get the ball. And then Kelsey gets the ball a shit ton, and everyone else kind of just picks up the scraps, right? Tony's getting the ball. Didn't look awful in week two. But again, the same thing is said about Tony as it is with Moore. Even if Tony's out-targeting Sky Moore... It's never going to be enough to where you're confident week in and week out starting him. Again, this matchup is easy. This is as easy as it gets. Slam dunk, 360 spinning dunk, fucking Blake Griffin style. Jump over a mascot, right? But while the matchup is so easy, you never can rely on these guys except for Kelsey. The only guy you could have relied on was Tyreek, but now he's in Miami balling with my boy Tua. MVS just appears to be buried Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the target hierarchy of this Chiefs offense, so you can't play him, even though he looked pretty good in the playoffs last year. For the Bears, DJ Moore finally saw the correct usage in week number two. I don't love the matchup against the Chiefs. I don't love how Justin Fields has been looking, but again, I'm still going to start him, because I do think eventually Fields is going to actually bounce back, but like, Fields is trying to actually... Like, I was listening to part of my take. Big Cat, PFT, Hank, all those guys. And what Big Cat said was true. Basically that it's like someone told Fields in the offseason, hey, you need to learn to throw the ball better. You need to pass correctly like at Ohio State. The problem is no one on the, the Bears is Ohio State open where the guy's butt naked, there's no one even around him. Like the Dolphins offense where Tyreek's just wide fucking open or Jalen Waddle, right? DJ Moore isn't going to do that. No one on the Bears offense can do that. So Fields is kind of sitting there waiting to throw instead of just maneuvering out of the pocket like he did last year and maybe trying to throw or just run, right? So maybe once Justin Fields starts playing like last season, DJ Moore is going to be huge. Again, I'm not cutting him yet. He looked good week two. Let's hope he just puts up week two numbers in week three. And that will be satisfying enough. Darnell, here comes the Mooney. Did end up getting banged up, suffered a knee injury, but it is not believed to be serious. Still the number two receiver on the team, but again, Fields doesn't really look good enough to where you don't start the number two receiver on the uh, on the Bears. And then Chase Claypool, there was talks about him maybe getting cut, like he just didn't have it. He's not built for this big man, but uh, he actually had a good game last week. So that's good for Chase Claypool's career, but he's not a start-worthy fantasy receiver. Next up, we move to, because you waited all day for Sunday night, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Las Vegas Raiders start Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers Devontae Adams I was a big Devontae Adams guy all offseason thought hey he wasn't going to lose his edge with Jimmy Garoppolo I still don't think that's the case but he hasn't performed up to his peak and while he hasn't reached the Mount Everest Mount Vesuvius the peak you're still not sitting him so don't think about that Jacoby Myers suffers a concussion in week one Bad, bad, bad. That looked terrible. Doesn't play in week two. Was super involved in week one. There's reports that he could be back for week three. So if he's back against the Steelers, I'm playing him. 
I'm playing him. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe it was Fugazi. It was a wazi. It was a woozy. But I'm playing Jacoby Myers. George Pickens has a huge game, but I don't really trust him, if I'm being honest with you, not because I think he's a bad player, but because Pickett looks like garbage. It looks like he hasn't increased even slightly from last season. In preseason, it was a liar. That boy's a liar. Like that fucking Ice Spice song, right? It was a lie. It was a lie. He looks amazing in preseason. He looks like shit in the NFL season. Now, I get the Browns defense is tough, but man, he doesn't look good. I don't know who's to blame. Is it that Stooge Canada? Probably. Is it Canada, Tomlin, and Pickett all together? Probably. It's just bad. But again, you're going to start Pickens because the matchup is oh so juicy. Next up, we move to, I guess, the other players in this game, which would be Allen Robinson. Less targets from week one to week two. Again, you're not really wanting to start Allen Robinson. Calvin Austin, you're not starting him, obviously, right? We didn't even have to say that. Then Hunter Renfro, even without Myers last week, there was just no usage for him. It seems like they're just going to trade his ass. Next up, we move to the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the first game on Monday Night Football. They have a new Monday Night Football theme song. Let me know in the comments what you guys thought about that on ESPN. So we got uh, A.J. Brown. We all know A.J. Brown is pretty boomer bust. Down game week two. But no need to panic. Bucks defense might be a little bit more legit than we thought, but again, you're not sitting A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith, kind of boomer bust as well. Top 17 receiver, though, in back-to-back weeks, the Slim Reaper, the guy that's built like Kevin Durant. Must play him every week, just like A.J. Brown. Again, don't overthink that. Mike Evans on the other side of the ball, or the other team, with the Bucks. Mike Evans, two straight amazing weeks. Did I? I was a Mike Evans guy all offseason, and I was called stupid. Now, I'm not fucking dancing on your, those people's graves, right? Hitting the fucking gritty like Justin Jefferson on, on people's graves, but seems like Nick's a little smart. Seems like I'm wicked smart. So, uh, two amazing weeks in a row. You're going to start him this week. Philly defense feels a little little suspect, a little fraudulent, um, mostly due to injuries, though. So, again, Evans plays great two straight weeks in a row. Why not start him again? Chris Godwin has continued to look good. Not scoring well on the stat sheet for fantasy, but I don't think there's any need to fret yet, especially with how good Baker Mayfield has looked, so you're going to start him. Quez Watkins is another one of those guys like Jawan Johnson, right, who you're never going to start, but magically one week they're going to have like three catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns or something crazy. Uh, Trey Palmer was a pretty hyped-up rookie a lot closer towards when fantasy drafts were happening. I think if Godwin or Evans weren't there, maybe we would actually see a great season out of Palmer, but with Evans looking so good and Godwin obviously being Chris Godwin, there's no need to start him. Final game here the final game here the second parter number two number deuce for monday night football the la rams at the cincinnati bungles a super bowl rematch from 2021 puka nakua this guy is 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 randy moss just gonna say it (laughs) it's a joke obviously but this man's fucking setting records as a rookie no one i mean no one thought puka nakua would be good in week two in week one i saw some buzz about him right There was reason to believe maybe Puka could have a good game. But against the 49ers, no one thought that Puka would be good. No one. Now, I told people to start him in some cases. I wasn't super confident because he was also dealing with an oblique injury all week. But it looked like he was not injured at all. And Stafford looks good. Mighty fine. Like a, I don't know, like a nice steak. He's looking good out there. Must start player at this point, Puka. Right? Bengals defense doesn't look great. So uh, top 10 receiver in back-to-back weeks. Why not do it three times in a row? Triple crown. For uh, Puka, like his name is Cooper Cup. Question is, what's going to happen to Puka once Cup shows up? But that's still in the future. Uh, Jamar Chase, you're starting him. Uh, getting eight plus targets a game, but hasn't cracked the top 40 at the wide receiver position yet. 
Oh my god, Nick, uh, you told me to draft Jamar Chase. He's a bust. No, he's not. Don't panic yet, but uh, we need Joe Burrow to play because otherwise uh, Jake Browning will Jake Jake Browning will be under center. Who the fuck is that guy? Uh, Tee Higgins, uh, huge last week. Not so hot week one. I think Burrow's going to play. Should be better better sliding ahead for T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. 2-2 is very close to being a start 2-2 at well, that is. You could argue for starting him over guys like Drake London, Christian Kirk, Michael Thomas, Jordan Addison, that range of guys. Van Jefferson was a guy that I really liked in the offseason. I thought he'd be the number one receiver. But uh, 2-2 and Puka look way better than him. Not very involved, especially with how good Puka and Atwell look, like I said. And then uh, Tyler, yeah, Boyd. Unless there's an injury to Chase or Higgins, knock on wood, we can't be playing Tyler Boyd, especially if Jake Browning is under center. If Jake Browning is playing, I'm still playing Chase and Higgins, but I'm fully understanding that they might put up four fucking total combined points. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well as hit that like button down below. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. If you want my weekly rankings and an answer to all your questions, check out the Patreon link in the video description for seven dollars and fifty cents a month i love you guys all so much check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already love you guys be back tomorrow with two more videos as always have a great one good boy